We're back. You are listening to episode five of Weg Fans, the semi-regular podcast dedicated to, but unaffiliated with, the greatest grocery store in America, Wegmans. Cheese plates, cured meats, easy meals, I feel complete. Italian classics, fresh organics, prepared foods to suit my moods. Carrot chips and catering, all the joy that food can bring when you're a Weg fan. That's why I'm a Weg fan. You should be a Weg fan. It's time for the podcast for Weg fans. Yeah! That's right, you're listening to Weg fans, and with me is the candy corn of my life, the world's number one Weg fan, John Serpico. Hi, John. Hi, Marcelo. It's good to be talking to you again. I know, it's been a while. Dare I say, too long. Yeah, just to explain to our tens of fans, <laughs> we needed some uh, computer upgrades, and then there was a lot of summer travel on both of our parts. So we, we you know, hope to get back on track and produce this at least semi-regularly. We do, we do. We At least we, we have semi-regular right in that open. We don't want to shock anyone with our negligence. <laughs> Well, one of my travels since we last talked is that I've been to the Austin Whole Foods. Have you ever been to the Austin Whole Foods, sir? You know, Marcelo, I went there once or twice years ago, and I recall it being amazing, but your memories are fresher. So what did you think? It was, and it's been a while since I've been to a Wegmans, but it seemed to me the platonic ideal of a grocery store. Not, you know, you had all the basic things that you'd get in a Whole Foods. But it was much bigger. I think it. I think it might be the mothership store. And, mm-hmm. It is. It is. And there were maybe eight mini restaurants. It was like a taco place, a healthy bowl, ramen, uh, barbecue, of course, uh, sushi. And I think I'm only scratching the surface. My favorite thing was they had a whole refrigerated display dedicated to alcoholic ciders. And that just is wonderful to me because normally, you know, I, I like a cider. I can't get them that much out of New England that are good. And this had like a whole section of it. It was like it was gleaming, backlit. I could hear the angelic choir in the background. You know, the, oh, mm-hmm. it was wonderful. It, it, it really was something. When you mentioned kind of the Austin Whole Foods, kind of my mind immediately goes to all of the years kind of pre-Wegmans where Whole Foods was my best option every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's one of those things where for years and years and years, that was my, my supermarket. But the second Wegmans came in, I kind of had this like little revisionist history moment where I'm like, nope, Whole Foods sucks. This is the worst. These were the dark ages. But thinking about the Austin Whole Foods, it, it really is about as good of a grocery store as you're going to get. It's enormous. It, I, and I hate to say this, but it, it feels like an important place. It feels like they're doing important stuff there. And, you know, you can't really beat that. Yeah, I was in Austin for like five days, and I believe we went there three times. Uh, sometimes just to, you know, get provisions, but sometimes just to go and check it out. It was it was quite lovely. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the, the last time I went there, I was going to a big nerdy uh, video game convention in San Antonio. And so I like flew through Austin, spent a couple days in Austin. And I recall going there and, you know, I mean, literally I was going to, 
I didn't even know it was the flagship. I was like, oh, I need a bottle of water. And I'm like, boy, this random Whole Foods has an enormous parking lot. And then I walk in and it's like I'm on a space station. So <laughs> I so, you know, I made, you know, a deliberate trip back again just to kind of walk the place. I I, I recall like sitting down for a meal and then getting another meal to go and like their bakery was good. It's one of those things where, you know, I agree. It's the platonic ideal of a supermarket until you look at your bill. And then you're <laughs> like, oh my God, I spent $80 on a poke bowl and like water for my car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Another place I've been since we last spoke is I went to Italy. Just just randomly, just quick, quick, uh, quick trip. Yeah, we uh, family trip, went with the wife, went with some family. So there's there's a very famous shopping area called the Campo di Fiori. It's in Rome, and you know it's historic, and people go there, and you you suppose you buy like fresh vegetables and things like that, and and you know it's kind of sold to you as like you're going to be commuting with Italian tradition, and also I don't know about you, but have you ever had people just have this like romantic thing talking about oh well in Europe they don't have these monstrous grocery stores, you get to go to this little place and then go to that little place to, to buy everything. Have you heard yeah. of this problem? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. And actually I was just talking to my wife about this because, you know, I was mentioning the idea of like a gigantic grocery list being a relatively new invention, you know, because in the old country, whatever country, the old country is, you would go to the market you would see what's good. You know, you didn't have 50 things on there. You were like, I need meat, I need vegetables, I need grains. And you just pick two or three things from each and you throw them in a big stew pot and that's what you've eaten for a thousand years. So in in my mind and the way people talk about it, it has been romanticized. It's a different kind of way to live. European, um, you know, European refrigerators are tiny because what do you need to refrigerate things? The Campa de Fiori's right there. So, yeah, it's been heavily romanticized in my mind. Maybe I went to the tourist trap one, but it sucked. What about it sucked? I I mean, look, John, we we have limited time on this earth, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Especially with this new climate change, we may have even less on this earth than we we thought, given that recent report. We've got but, maybe a thousand meals between now and the end of the world. Yeah. So how much of your time do you want to spend going from stall to stall where they're selling almost the identical things and trying to pick out like which one has the best bell pepper that you're looking for of these five identical stands? One's more rotten than the other. It's like, you're just searching and searching and searching. And it's, I understand why the American grocery store was invented. So you just pick a good grocery store like Wegmans and you just go there and like do your business, get a, get a sushi to go. And like, you're done. The, I think the trick is that there are so many options for the same exact thing. I think that's probably the trap you fell into. And, you know, with a grocery store, if you go to a grocery store and, yeah, let, let's, use, let's use red peppers. Let's use pepper as an example. You usually have, like, three options. You've got, like, the, the peppers that were imported from wherever peppers are fresh. You've got the greenhouse peppers. And then you've got the organic peppers. 
Each one kind of has their own source, and the supermarket kind of handles all of that. They're giving you options, but not too many options. Uh, and I know we've talked about Trader Joe's before and how much I like that, but Trader Joe's is like, you need one kind of mayonnaise. You know, you just one. You get the one. You know, you get two kinds of ketchup. You get two kinds of marinara sauce. When you are looking at like 10 different stalls selling carrots, do you really need 10? That is a lot. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah. No, big time. I. That's why I'm a big fan of like smaller farmers markets. Because if you go to an enormous one, you're going to look at eight or 10 different farms. And if you're in New England that has like a short growing season and like a lot of root vegetables in the fall, you're literally going to 10 places that all sell like gala apples and all sell <laughs> potatoes. Like you don't, just give me one. I want someone at Wegmans to look at all those potatoes and say those. Those are fine. Pick from those. I've got places to go. The world's dying, Marcelo. I don't have time looking to, to look for identical potatoes. Yeah, I have dogs to pet, sports to watch. Not, not major things, but I got things. My wife and I have had, I, I wouldn't call it an argument, but it's kind of been a running 10-year discussion about... Yeah, kind of the concept of errands. Like there's, for me, there are many things that's like a one person errand. Like, like Kim, ha Kim um, cooks for a, like a, you know, a chair, like a kind of, it's kind of like a charity meal collective where like she and a bunch of other people cook and all of that food gets like delivered to somewhere that needs it. And, oh, nice. you know, it, it's really great. And the place where she drops it off is like eight minutes from our house. There's always parking. But for some odd reason, that's a two-person job where like I have to drive and park and sit in the car while she runs it. That's a one-person job, but it's now a two-person job. Going to Target to buy one thing, that's a one-person job. But, you know, I think it's because she loves me or something. She wants the two of us to be together for these errands. And whenever I gripe about it because I want to stay home and watch sports or eat a sandwich or do whatever random non-important thing I want to do. I always say this is a one-person job. And she always says, well, what do you have going on? Why, why do you not want to be in the car? What do you have going on? And my point is I have nothing going on, but that's what I want to go on. <laughs> Just because I don't have anything important in my life doesn't mean I want to sit in a damn car. Because if I have a choice between car and couch, I'm choosing couch. Yeah, that's why we bought the couch. Yeah, I, we invested in that couch. I don't even need to, I don't even need to watch TV. I would rather sit on my couch and stare at a wall in stony silence than take a seven minute car ride. Wake news. Well, John, we had a lot of choices for the first item of Weg News, but I chose this one because it has personal import to me. Gary Woolison is retiring after 25 years managing the Ithaca Wegmans. Now, why is the Ithaca Wegmans important to me? It is, in fact, the only Wegmans I've ever been to. I spent the summer of 2000 in acting boot camp, and not everyone was 21, and so we spent almost all our time when we weren't acting or jumping off boulders into uh, jumping off waterfalls into lakes. The other activity was hanging out at the Wegmans. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that'll do it. I have, uh, I have heard that Ithaca is, is lovely. Dare, dare I say gorgeous, wah, wah. but, um, 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> but don't, when I think of Ithaca, I don't think as, you know, hustling, bustling city with a thousand options for people that are 19 or 20. So the fact that it's okay to post up at a Wegmans for a couple hours a week is, I mean, I certainly am not opposed to that. I do that in Boston, and there's a ton of stuff to do here. Yeah, we would go there, and they would be open late at night. So we would go, you know, we'd get out of, you know, we'd take a class, we'd go to rehearsal, and then we would get out, and then we would just go hang out in the Wegmans, go get some food, hang out in the parking lot. And it was just so pleasant. And I remember every time since that time, 18 years ago, whenever I'd hear about Wegmans, I'd like, oh, I, I can't wait till there's there's one that's opening up near me. And then I moved from Boston and bunch open. Yeah, like that's the funny thing is you were, you were so close. You were so close. They, they were like, <laughs> it's almost like there's a countdown. It's like, okay, it's probably like two more Wegmans before like one opens up in Massachusetts. So you're just like, okay, one opened up, uh, you know, in this town in New York and okay, one opened up in Woodbridge, New Jersey or wherever. And it's like, okay, the next one's got to be Massachusetts. And then you jump to the end of the line again. How many more Wegmans will need to open before it hit? It's like the Oregon Trail. Like it's just every few miles one needs to like pop up <laughs> along this like dirt path until eventually hits California. Yeah, they're at 98 stores right now and they haven't made it very far west. So I imagine it would take a while. It would also be odd because I would meet someone from, say, upstate New York. And they would mention Wegmans. I'd be like, I love Wegmans. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're from upstate New York? No. Uh, you go to Wegmans a lot? No, just just one Wegmans a lot one yeah. summer. And I've been in love ever since. <laughs> well, it, it goes to show that Wegmans was there at like an important, dare I say, pivotal time in your life. One question I do have, though, is Ithaca, year 2000. Was the hot bar open late? or? Oh, yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, you could get uh, Chinese food. And I I distinctly remember eating a lot of Chinese food late at night. So I'm not sure how varied the options were, but we were getting food rather late and just hanging out either in the, you know, eating area or in the parking lot. I was just kind of imagining like kind of a like a pack of theater kids, you know, and the sun's gone down and they're just chilling in a Wegmans and there's... I think I'm at that age now where whenever I see like teenagers clustered somewhere, they just seem ominous to me. I'm like, they're, they're talking about Snapchat and how they're going to replace me when I get old and stuff. But there's just something about people in a supermarket in a small, sleepy town where it's just like, it's either here or stay at home. So we're all here. Like there's something very democratic about that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think I would consider you and your group of friends ominous group of teens. I would just look at you as like, oh, you found the one thing to do in Ithaca and you're doing it. Good on you. One note from this story, they asked Gary Woolison why he retired. And he said that, well, his son, who is the Wegman store manager in New Jersey, threw his hat in the ring for North Carolina. And now he's going to be mar- managing the Cary, North Carolina Wegmans. Now that his son is going from managing in New Jersey to managing North Carolina, he's going to retire so he can be closer to his family. So, John, managing Wegmans is like a family business? Like, are the Woolisons like the Wegmans dynasty? I absolutely love that. I think that's the greatest thing in the world. There's there's one thing when 
you have like a family business that, you know, your family built and your family runs like, you know, like the little restaurant. But the fact that the father decided I'm going to work for this company that someone else built, but I'm going to work for it. And he became a manager and he managed for two and a half decades and his son decided the same thing. I mean, I love that. It's it's a family business, but it's not like a family business with his name on it. I think it reflects the fact that if if Gary Wallison had a terrible time managing Wegmans for 25 years, I don't think his son would go into the business too. So I think it's a reflection of the fact that his son saw it as an option because it was a good option for his dad. And obviously the relationship between the two is pretty good because Gary is retiring so that I can spend more time with his family now that the son's moving to North Carolina. I think that's great. I think it's a reflection of the fact that working at Wegmans long-term is something that you can do and be proud of and be so proud of it, in fact, that your son will decide he wants to do the same thing. The The next bit of news we have is that in certain areas, Wegmans is adding curbside pickup. And I guess my question is, why would anyone deprive themselves of entering a Wegmans when they've already driven to the Wegmans? Now, understand if I'm at work, I must deny myself the joy of being inside a Wegmans. But if I'm outside a Wegmans, it's does this make any sense to you? No, not at all. It's the equivalent of like getting tickets to Hamilton than just driving by the front of the theater and someone whipping a CD into your car. Go in, see the see the majesty. It's right there. Like I, t- I totally get getting home delivery. Like the Wegmans near me does Instacart and. Yeah, I'd say probably one person out of every 10 walking the aisles is doing Instacart and building this order for a person they're going to deliver it to. And I get that. You know, some people are busy. You know, some people might have mobility issues. Some people just work a ton of hours. But if you are in the car and you are already driving to Wegmans, like, oh my God, it's like running 26.1 miles of a marathon. And on that last block, you're like, you know what? I'm done. Just. Someone send me a picture of the finish line. Speaking of marathons, my wife, the avid runner, she did the Disney World Marathon in Orlando, and everyone thought we were crazy because we didn't go into any of the parks. But, okay, I will agree that we went all the way to Orlando uh, so she could run the marathon, but going to the parks would have cost us $250 a day to go into a park. There's no cover charge to get into the Wegmans. No, and... You're already spending you're that there. money. You're already there. Like there's, yeah, like, you're you're in Orlando, but there are justifiable cost barriers to you know running a marathon and then being like, sure, now I want to now I want to walk through a gate that will cost me a hundred dollars to just walk through it. I get that, but you can. There's no doorman at Wegmans. You just walk into that Wegmans. And often there's free samples inside, so there's you get a benefit from walking yeah, it, in. It is more expensive to not walk into Wegmans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But we ending on some some great news for someone. A million dollar lottery ticket was sold at a Pennsylvania. Wegman. All the another reason to go inside the Wegmans. Am I right, curbside people? You can make a fortune in that Wegmans. Wegmans wants to give you a fortune. Also, I, I think if I recall correctly, the when when someone when a, a convenience store or supermarket sells a lottery ticket, 
they get some proceeds too. Like, I think that's how it worked in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, the, the Wegmans gets a $5,000 bonus for selling the winning lottery ticket. That's great. That's, I mean, that, you know, like that's this great Wegman. I'm sure it's a great Wegmans because they're all great Wegmans. Now they have an extra $5,000. I, I hope they, they did something fun with it. I hope they, I was going to say, I hope they went out and bought cakes for everybody, but then I realized they don't need to buy them. They make them in house and they're delicious. Well, now it's time for your favorite part of the episode. John Serpico does the review. Okay. So, because we, we uh, for the summer, you know, switched to a seasonal schedule, I had a lot of... Uh, <laughs> 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 I uh, I had a lot of time to kind of figure out what I wanted to to talk about, and I kind of had my mind made up on something. But then, like a week or two ago, I was walking through my Wegmans, and I saw in these like kind of sealed bags Wegmans Sunday sauce. And now, growing up in an Italian family, the idea of like a Sunday sauce—it's a marinara sauce, it's a red sauce, tomato sauce, whatever you want to call it. But like the idea of Sunday sauces, you you put the sauce on, then everyone goes to church, and then you come back home and you stir the sauce, and the sauce is on all day, and the house smells like sauce. And then at night when it's dinner time, you ladle out this awesome this awesome sauce onto pasta, and you sit down like a family. Sunday sauce is not just like a food; it's like a it's a concept for an Italian family. And, you know, generally a traditional Sunday sauce would have balls and sausage or brujole, which is like kind of cheaper cuts of meat, but like pounded thin and rolled up and cooked in the sauce all day. So it's like the idea of just like a meat sauce with big chunks of meat just cooking for eight or 10 hours that ends in a big family dinner. Wegmans took all of that and put it in a bag. It, it blows my mind. Was it in like a... Like a clear, like plastic bag that just said Sunday sauce. Yeah, on it. yeah. It, I mean, it was it was sealed. It's not like it was in like a sandwich bag. That, you know, like they just kind of <laughs> ladled it in and left it open. Uh, no, it was it was you know sealed sealed up and airtight and everything um, with a big you know red sticker on it that said Wegman Sunday sauce and in it was. I think for a pound and a half they sold it in like pound and a half bags and then like three or four pound bags. In the pound and a half bag, it was in, you know, marinara sauce. There were, I think, four or five meatballs, four or five, like, half-length Italian sausages, and then two or three really big chunks of, like, braised all-day pork. You, you could conceive, because everything was cooked through, I believe, you could conceivably just, like, dump it in a big microwavable bowl for, like, five minutes. But the whole point of Sunday sauce is you want it simmering on your stove, so what you do is you just cut the bag open, you dump it into a pot on your stove, and you just keep it on simmer for 90 minutes. The whole house gets like perfumed with this like Italian aroma and then, you know, have dinner whenever you want. I've I've got This this sounds This sounds amazing. It it is. It's and I, I didn't want to get too kind of poetic about it when I saw it the first time, but it really is like family memories in a bag. Like this is the stuff that I grew up with and now everybody has access to it. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. So, you know, I've had it a couple of times now. I did one where I simmered it just the 90 minutes and it was delicious. And then there was one time where I simmered it just for all day. 
And if you simmer it all day, you should add like a little bit of water to it because it will cook down a little bit. But my God, I mean, it, it, it just like slammed me back into New Jersey and like slammed me back into being a kid again. And, you know, just like having dinner with my, like my mom and my sister or my grandparents or it, it gave me the same smells that we had on, on Christmas or on a nice lazy Sunday with football on in the background. So I was really, really, really thrilled with it. I'm probably, I'm probably getting it again this week to, to do because you can, you can just do a million different things with it. Well, that's a lie. You serve it over pasta or you dip bread into it. That's really your options with marinara sauce. But I mean, it was, it was awesome. I was really, really thrilled with it. I have a friend uh, from Pennsylvania who, what she does is she makes, I didn't know it was called a Sunday sauce. I didn't know it had a name, but she does make an eight hour ragu and it always sounds wonderful. But me, as someone who didn't grow up in that culture, was like, I, one, I wouldn't know how to do it. Two, you know, I'm not going to spend all day making a Sunday sauce. That is ridiculous. And I just love that Wegmans is like, okay, for you non-Italians, uh, you can you can have a little window into you know, the, the cultural experience. So you can simmer it for an hour and a half and still have that communing with people from other cultures. It's great. Exactly. It sounds amazing. I wish I could buy some it's, now. Uh, it's, it's awesome stuff. And that's, that's the thing about a Sunday sauce is you don't need to babysit it all day, but you do kind of need to be in the house. One thing that I, that my mom had, she still has it, is it's like this metal disc that you put over one of your burners on your stove that makes the simmering temperature a little lower, like it kind of diffuses the heat a little bit. And that kind of thing is specifically so you can cook Sunday sauce all day and you only need to stir it once an hour instead of once every like 20 or 30 minutes. So like this is really like they literally have things that help you make your Sunday sauce. So, I mean, Wegman simplified it even more. They they did the heavy lifting. They put it in a bag. It's really, really awesome. And I, I was, uh, I, I guess I was a little more kind of emotionally sated by it than I thought I would by, uh, <laughs> I thought I would by eating it. So it's just great. Yeah. Well, that sounds lovely. And that has been the review. Now it's time for the burning question of the episode. This is when we ask a question and we, of course, uh, provide the answers. But you can also give us your answers by hitting us up on Facebook and Twitter or just on our email. Before we get into the question, though, let me give you another piece of WEG news, John. Mm -hmm. Kiss legend Gene Simmons, you know, the famous Gene Simmons, went on a three Wegmans tour in September to sell his new soda, Moneybag. And which this is weird enough. But upon he made his entrance, I'm going to read this from the article. On making his entrance into the supermarket, Simmons bypassed a line of 250 fans who paid to see him and instead walked up to a random, unsuspecting shopper in the produce section who looked up to find herself face-to-face with Simmons before he twirled her around like a dance partner. That's wow. wild. I, it's, so it's wild that he did that. But what's not wild is the fact that Gene Simmons is making money hawking products. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah. Like... Can, Just to be clear, it's, uh, it's the interaction dance. Oh, yeah, part. yeah. That's the part that's bonkers. Like, the fact that Gene Simmons is trying to, you know, make make a little coin selling this after 
selling caskets and selling action figures. And have I mentioned caskets? Because that is specific. In, in Las Vegas, there's kiss themed mini golf. And it's not like high quality mini golf. It's like crappy, like Jersey Shore mini golf. But it's still kiss branded because they probably gave him like $3,000 one time. And he was like, okay. Way to go, Gene Simmons, for being somehow more famous for selling crap than you are for your music. But, like, good for him. Yeah, way to way to randomly so, okay. dance. Here is my question. I was thinking of the perspective of the 19-year-old who he... And, of course, it was a 19-year-old woman because he's a creepy old Oh, he guy. sure is, yeah. But from the 19-year-old woman who he just sort of interrupted and then uh, did a impromptu dance with, what would be the weirdest encounter that you could have in a Wegmans, John? Okay, so in in my mind, like the the second I heard that question, for whatever reason, I thought Ronald McDonald, like just like a random Ronald McDonald from McDonald's, just walking around with big red shoes. I don't I don't know why that's just like where my brain went, but I guess probably the weirdest encounter would be. All right, well, well, let me couch it. Like, for me, wait, wait, can I just, can I, can I just oh, change please, mine? Please. It's weird that you, it's weird that you said Ronald McDonald because I was also thinking along the lines like it had to be something absurd. So in my mind, it was like it's a a, a Ronald McDonald. You know, it was like a grimace in my head <laughs> or some kind of mascot walking go, and then they take off their they take off the head of the of the grimace costume, and it's like. Charles Oakley or like a random New York Nick from the nineties, like, like yeah, Anthony Mason. And they like, they, cause that's the only way in my mind, just adding like two different, you know, doing like a weird random stuff generator would be the only way I could think to get weirder. So like Mace, Anthony Mason, you know, take in a grimace costume. So it, doing it's, it's funny you bring that up. Cause there was um, in college. Cause of course this is a college conversation. I had me and a couple of my friends had this kind of running, I, I wouldn't call it a joke. That would be too generous. But it was like this kind of running theory where like, it was called the freak out scale where like on a, it's like a scale of one to a hundred where a hundred would make your head actually physically explode. The like one is like, Oh crap, I lost my keys. Oh wait, there they are like tiny little freak out. And probably like the biggest freak out you would ever have in your life would be like a 10 because again, a hundred's the maximum. And that would cause your head to physically blow up. You know, it's just one to 10, but then like 11 to a hundred is all theoretical. And so we were talking about like, okay, how could we get past 10? How could we get to levels of freak out? So ridiculous that you would have trouble conceiving of it. To get there, we kind of, my friends decided it would take like, like a multi-stage rocket getting off, getting out of Earth's gravity. It would need to be a bunch of random things stacked on top of each other. Like a, an actual dinosaur walking into your, like walking into your first grade classroom and kissing your mom full on the mouth. And then the two of them get into a spaceship and take off and Spock is there. Like it would need to be this kind of multi-stage, like step after step after step thing to like approach head explosion. So if that's the case, if that's the, the weirdest thing, it would need to be kind of a, stack of absolutely bizarre things. 
I think the thing that would get me there would probably be something like very specifically tailored to me. Like 90s era Bon Jovi flying in on like an A-10 warthog, landing in the Wegmans parking lot, running inside, and there's a bunch of like velociraptors from Jurassic Park. Like it would need to be this crazy bonkers thing that's like a journey through my childhood. Barring that, I would probably say a bear. <laughs> but like a bear that's actually like, shopping, right? Like not No, no, a, a bear, bear standing on two legs, like has like a hastily written list from his <laughs> wife. And like he's adjusting his glasses. He's like, is this non-fat yogurt or is this non-fat sour cream? Like I can't understand her writing. And he just like muses to himself and... You know, he like looks at like the the candy by the pound section. He's like, "Have I been good? I do got to put on weight for winter." No, 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 I can't. Yeah, just a bear, a bear shopping and spending between fifty and seventy five dollars. Oh well, I don't know if our listeners can top that, but if you can, hit us up on our various outlets. And this has been another episode of Weg Fans, the unaffiliated Wegman's fan cast. This episode has been edited by Max Kreisky, or maybe me. Not sure who's editing it yet. He is uh, really the Sunday sauce that brings this whole thing together. All of our music was composed and performed by the great band Minus World. Check them out at MinusWorld.com. They are like a cashew-based Parmesan cheese substitute. It's because they're all vegan, but they can make a good one and put it on top of my pasta any day. And of course, big thanks to Dan Chapman for wishing this podcast into existence. Ah, Dan Chapman, the doctor who, after eating pasta, would look at you and say, Sir, you ate too much pasta. Want more WEG fans in your life? Follow us on Facebook at WEG fans Podcast, on Twitter at WEG underscore fans, and our email is WEGFANSPODCASTS at gmail.com. To get new episodes, automatically subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, rate and review us. We want to know you love us as much as we love you. That's all for this week. Say goodbye to the people, John. Goodbye, everybody. I hope you're listening to this in a Wegmans right now. And remember, just because we're not around doesn't mean we don't love you. We'll see you at some semi-regular time in the future. We're back. You are listening to the ep- Okay, try again. It's been a while since we've done this. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can get the very first thing correct. Yeah, if we nail this, we're we're golden.